All right, everybody, now's the time. Brown right, motion, tailback slant. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for fucking dinner, all right? On one, ready? Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys, Episode 7. And this is a special episode that should be called Almost Weed Guys. Uh, For those of you who are not aware, as of this Wednesday, Canada has now fully legalized the use of cannabis products nationwide. And for our American friends, that means if you're looking for your friend Dave from Canada, he's not here. Who is it? It's it's Dave, man. Will you open up? I got the stuff with me. Who? Dave, man. Open up. Dave? Yeah, Dave. Come on, man. Open up. I think the cops are Dave's not here. It also means that we've got to congratulate drugs for winning the war on drugs. It was a hard-fought battle against all those narcs out there trying to harsh on our buzz, but drugs came through in the clutch to snatch a big victory. It's legal. I could walk up to the president and blow smoke in his stupid monkey face, and he'd just have to sit there grooving on it. So yes, the hippie lettuce is legal north of the border, and Andy and I are honoring this exciting event by dedicating this episode to our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, for demonstrating true leadership as it relates to this important issue. You also may notice a recurring theme in this podcast. What the heck? We'll even throw in some NFL talk as uh, this is our look at the upcoming week seven games across the NFL. You also get Andy's total prop tease and get to your news of the week. But first, with me as always from almost Wise Guys Central is Andy, the prognosticator Attridge. Andy. Hey, you there? Hey, Maddie, what's going on, man? Yeah, if you don't cough, you don't get off, eh, buddy? Uh, yeah, I know what you mean, man. Wow, this is funky. Um, yeah, just to let our listeners know, weed has only been legal up here for a day now. So Maddie and I must confess that this is the first time that we ever have taken part in the herb legally. Oh, I was doing some math this week, Maddie. Um, this is our 30th episode together. Yeah, it's been some fun. It gets better every week. Gets better every week. I think so. Having a bit of fun. Um, speaking of fun, there was, well, depending on who you are and what you like, there was some fun in the NFL last week. Roger Goodell got his wish on Sunday night with a 43-40 uh, to 40 win at Gillette Stadium between what's considered the two best teams in the league. What you think of that, Matty? I thought that Patrick Mahomes showed me more in a loss than he ever could have in a win. I, uh, I really, true enough. you know, he was held to no touchdowns and a couple picks in that first half. And rather than pack his bags and go home or just mail it in the rest of the night, he came on with a second half uh, that was, you know, he was on fire. He forced Tom Brady to beat them. Now, that guy's Tom Brady. He's going to beat you if, if you have a chance. And I think it was more the Casey's defense that's in question than Mahomes in that Casey offense. Well, how about the New England Patriots defense who allowed 40 points? Yeah, um, but we knew they sucked. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. 
I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. The, they both suck. So the yeah. fact that these two teams are in the conversation to be at least the best team in the AFC when you're giving up that many points consistently, it's ridiculous. Like it is. I know Roger Goodell's got a big boner for an outcome like this, but as the game ticked near kickoff time, I think the spread went to it was either sixty and a half or sixty one, which is the largest spread or largest total ever on the board recorded. And this game eclipsed that by over 20 points. So there you go. And uh, we saw another shootout on Monday night, which I wasn't a big fan of. No, um, I, I know. I, I knew you were hurt by that game because, man, that had to just that, that had to be that, a kick in the balls. That was an understatement. And oh, by the way, for know, those we, of you that don't know, if you're just tuning in for the first time, Andy's a huge Niners honk. He thought that he thought they had that game in hand. Oh, I did not. I did not. Um, I they should have had that game in hand, but I knew it was Lambeau and I knew it was Aaron Rodgers, and I've seen it happen a million times. Uh, as soon as they, well, as soon as that holding call against uh, Richard Sherman on third down and long, that would have really sealed the deal for them. But you know, of course, Rodgers finds a way to get back in, and you know, hats off to him. Hey, what, do, what did you think about that throw? And you know the throw I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. Well, of course, it was pin perfect, man. Like, man, is that guy. I, it burns me to say it because as a Bears fan, giving Packers props isn't something I like doing, but you just can't deny talent like Aaron Rodgers. You know? No, and he throws that ball better than anyone in the league. Drew Brees and Tom Brady are runners up, but just to throw them like darts in there like that, it's just uh, to the outside. Unbelievable, but, you know, hats off to them. It would have been a nice moral victory for the 49ers knowing that they can win on the road under the lights at a stadium like Lambeau. But anyway, nonetheless, it's uh, I think I texted you that night, Maddie. It was a good thing. I don't have a gas oven here because I probably would have stuck my head in it. <clears throat> so let's not dwell on that too much. But anyway, Goodell, lots of scoring. There you go. Um, come on, let's move on to news of the week. As we mentioned earlier, cannabis is now a legal product in the great nation of Canada. Yeah, it's also affecting the stock markets as people are trying to get stock early on what is sure to be a growth industry. Now here's an almost wise guy stock tip for you. Don't invest only in cannabis-related stocks as munchies-related stocks will also be on the rise. I'm loading up myself on Doritos and Cheetos stocks, as well as some investments at any restaurants that have a late-night drive-through. Let me guess. One driving high combo, extra baked? With cannabis becoming legal for recreational use on October 17th, the Winnipeg Police Service will no longer be training dogs in its canine unit to sniff out the drug. Things are going to change a little bit next week, Winnipeg Police Constable Dan Papetti told CTV News. A member of the canine unit... Papetti frequently worked with dogs trained to smell everything from illegal drugs to explosives. As an older police dog, Rain has been trained to alert her human partner whenever she detects cannabis. But with legalization around the corner, how police use dogs like Rain will have to change. We don't want to run into a situation where a dog like that's been trained on it is indicating an odor that may be legal. Sergeant Sean Lowry, the unit coordinator of the Winnipeg Police Canine Unit, said, we don't want to have those issues later on in court. Dogs with cannabis training like rain will thus no longer be used to form the grounds or legal motive for a search. 
Instead, a dog without cannabis training will be brought in for this type of detection. Dogs like Rain, however, will still be kept on to work for now. Well, let's just hope when they're retired, they aren't retired to a farm that Michael Vick owns. Dennis Hoff, the Nevada brothel owner and self-proclaimed pimp, whose Donald Trump-inspired run for the state legislature drew national attention, has died. He was 72. Hoff was found dead Tuesday, the morning after a birthday celebration attended by conservative anti-tax crusader Grover Norquist, controversial former Maricopa County, Arizona Sheriff Joe Arpaio, and adult film star Ron Jeremy. That's uh, quite the collection of individuals in that room. Got a question for you, Maddie. Hypothetical, of course. Shoot. What do you think the number, if you were to take sort of an over, which, which number would be over? The number of Mexicans that Sheriff Arpaio has thrown in jail or the number of women that Ron Jeremy has slept with on screen? Have we ever seen a four-digit total on the board before? <laughs> Dozens of witches say they plan to gather in New York City this month to hex Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, who was sworn into the nation's highest court last week despite facing several allegations of sexual misconduct. Dakota Bracciali, a Brooklyn-based witch who is organizing the October 20th event, said the witches see the hex as a radical act of resistance that continues witchcraft's long history as a refuge and a weapon for the oppressed, downtrodden, and marginalized. Bracciali, who organized three hexes against President Donald Trump last year, said the ritual is meant to be cathartic for victims of sexual assault. Kavanaugh will apparently be a focal point for the hex, but not the only target. The public hex is meant to exact revenge on, quote, all rapists and the patriarchy at large, which, which emboldens, rewards, and protects them. Yes, yeah, so this event will take place on Saturday in New York. I wonder if we should handicap differently the games that involve Ben Roethlisberger, Reuben Foster, and Terrell Suggs. Yeah, and you had to know that when she was talking about that, that Jameis Winston got a shudder down his spine. Let's fire it up with our weekly picks. Game number one this week, we go back to jolly old England, where uh, the L.A. Chargers technically play a home game against the Tennessee Titans. Chargers are six-and-a-half-point favorites, and uh, that actually might even be small with the way that uh, L.A. is blowing teams out recently. Well, there's that. Um, you know, we correctly picked the right side in England last week, uh, taking the Seahawks, and that was predicated on coaching. And who is going to manage their team better on a long trip like that for a long week? Um, we're back to a similar situation. And I don't think this one necessarily comes down to, to one coach versus the other. But, for example, the Chargers played in Cleveland last Sunday. Uh, they ended up staying there for most of the week. They took a tour of the Football Hall of Fame in Canton. And then they did a couple practices and then flew out together on Friday, I believe it was. And so they've had a whole week just just bonding, guys doing guy stuff. So I think that's going to bode well for them, whereas Tennessee had their normal routine at home in Nashville and simply flew out um, as a team together on Friday. So I think that favors 
the Chargers a lot more. Tennessee hasn't scored a touchdown in two games now. And in fact, they haven't scored touchdowns in three of the last four games. Yeah, it, they can't they can't get anything going on offense, and that's the exact no. opposite of what the Chargers have been doing this year. I think they punted on every single possession last week. Um, just going back six games that have been played, the last six games that have been played in the UK, the following scores have been twenty seven to three, thirty three to eight, thirty three to sixteen, thirty three to nothing, twenty to zero, forty four to seven. So these are typically blowout games. So the fact that this is a six and a half point spread means virtually nothing to me. Um, I would I would consider taking them as double digit favorites at this point. Uh, Tennessee's going to have a tough time getting it going, and I'm really looking for the Chargers to have a big day. Show oh, me I, your lightning bolt. And another thing, uh, the Chargers have beaten the Titans in ten of their last eleven games. Uh, one thing was funny. Uh, <laughs> I heard that they sent. Tennessee, the Titans had sent their team chef ahead over to England a couple days early to get meals prepared for the Titans so they didn't have to eat English food. Yeah, well, really, who's going to perform well on liver and onions? I guess we'll find out. On to Jacksonville. The Jaguars at home against the Houston Texans. Jacksonville, five-point favorites. Well, Maddie, I'm still... I think we should go down to Jacksonville at some game and, and, and sit in that hot tub together and watch the game. I'm with you. Yeah, that's to me, that's going to be the most exciting part of this one. Jacksonville has embarrassed himself on defense for the last couple of weeks. Ironically, Houston's riding a three-game winning streak coming into this one. I didn't see that one coming. No, no, not at all. So I'm not going to say any team is necessarily overvalued or undervalued, but I don't see Houston doing much in Jacksonville. I got uh, I got to expect that the Jaguars' defense is going to rebound and have something to prove. Jalen Ramsey, either he has to learn to shut his mouth or he has to learn how to play better on Sundays on the field when it matters. Um, but both can't happen. So I'm, I'm getting the Jags here to cover fives, anything under a touchdown, and I'm loving it. I'm going to go against you on this one, brother. I think, oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, I think Houston's going to go into Jacksonville and embarrass uh, the Jags at home. Jacksonville, or Houston's going to embarrass with what? Yeah, well, what's Jacksonville going to fucking stop them with, buddy? <laughs> what are, are they going to pull Blake Bortles' pants down at the line of scrimmage? Yeah, well, that's the other. You just mentioned another name, which is why that they're not going to stink. Is They got Blake Bortles, who is not an elite quarterback. That guy has not been able to hit sand if he fell off a camel since he started this season. The magic in Jacksonville from last year, whatever they caught, they caught it in a bottle, and it is now gone. Well, I think they put the bottle on the shelf, and I think they'll be taking it off the shelf this week, cracking it open, and you're going to see a Jacksonville team in 2018 that looks a little more similar to the one that we saw in 2017. I think you've been hitting the bong too much today. Oh, man. What? I'm so high right now. I have no idea what's going on. All right, on to the city of brotherly love, uh, where Philadelphia is laying four and a half points at home against the Carolina Panthers. And I, I really can't figure out Carolina this year, uh, Andy. Some games, they, they play lights out. Other games, they just they can't get anything going. What are you You're absolutely right. You know, you're absolutely right. It's Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde. Philadelphia again, has some question marks too. I'm not exactly sure where they're at. Uh, they've still been playing well defensively, but offensively, they can't seem to get much going. They just 
seem a little bit out of rhythm. And I'm well, not with, with Jay Ajay uh, injured for the rest yeah, of the season huge. with the ACL. I think that you know he takes a little bit of heat off of Carson Wentz because you've got to respect the run when he's in the game. When he's not, you can kind of sit back and and key on those passes. Yeah, I uh, I joked a couple episodes ago that Le'Veon Bell might be heading out west to San Francisco, but a more likely destination for him might be in Philadelphia. And I'll tell you why this makes sense. I don't know if you've ever moved before, Matty, but moving costs are huge. Yeah. I mean, he can save himself, I don't know, seven, eight hundred bucks just by staying in the state of Pennsylvania as opposed to going out west. Totally makes sense for him to stay. Yeah, but with the way James Conner is playing in Pittsburgh, I don't think Le'Veon Bell's going to have a home there for much longer anyway. Well, he's supposed to report to training camp this week, and that didn't happen. Uh, I don't know what's happening with that situation. I think Pittsburgh's on a bye next week, or this week. Sorry, yes, this week they're on a bye. So they got a bit of time to iron it out, but I don't I don't see much happening. Yeah, they got to sell him while he's got some value, and they've got a replacement that's doing just fine. I don't. I don't really see it being an issue with them getting rid of him. In fact, uh, you know, you're you're t- trading him cross conference too. If you trade him to Philly, oh, absolutely. And you know, as it relates to this game, I think yeah, you mentioned Carolina sort of being hot and cold. I got a feeling that they're going to be hot in this one. You do, eh? I do. Well, you know, Greg Olson's back now, and uh, Cam. You know, as long as he gets out of the pocket, and as long as he gets like. 10 rushing attempts, they're going to win the game. Um, and, and we're actually talking about a fairly high spread here. Um, anything over a field goal between these two teams, I would consider high. So I'd, I'm pretty safe in taking Carolina with the points here. It's up to you, New York, New York. Down to the Meadowlands, where the J-E-T-S Jets, 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 uh, they're on fire, and they are at home playing the uh, Minnesota Vikings, and the Jets are three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home, and we normally like those home dogs, don't we, Andy? Uh, we do, and especially in Gotham City. Uh, the Jets not only covered last week, but they won decisively, which we called, by the way. They're yeah, actually they've, they've had a good good year this year. And, uh, Sam and, Darn- and, last, year, and last year at home, um, I don't know what their actual record was, but they're against the spread record, which is all that matters to us, was 7-1. and one. And they're trending like that again this year. They're actually 6-1 and one straight up in their last seven against the Vikings anywhere. And, and Sam Darnold looks more and more comfortable with every oh, passing yeah. game. Yeah, for a guy that's, you know, had very few starts in college and, and the pros, the guy's putting on a clinic. So they, they're, finding their, they're finding their way. Minnesota looks horrible on defense. I don't know what's happened. I know that they lost their defensive coordinator, but wow. Not what I expected, and I don't expect them to do much on the road outside here either. I'm yeah, three and a half. Come on, that's a, that's a gift. I didn't even think uh, maybe I should be thinking twice now that it was that easy. But <laughs> uh, as long as the Jets keep covering at home, I'm going to keep taking them at home. Well, you got to look at the uh, Minnesota Vikings defense as well as a as a good reason why the Jets will hang in this game. Minnesota's lost that magic they had last year as well, and uh, the the defense they. I don't know why, because their personnel is like the exact same, but they just aren't playing the defense the way they were a year prior. And that's really affecting them because uh, Kirk Cousins is keeping them in games, uh, but they're letting in a lot more points. And I think that Sam Darnold and his offense can uh, 
keep it tight here. And the three and a half points, I'm with you, buddy. I think that they will, uh, they're going to cover. On to Chicago, the Bears. Yes, my yeah, Bears. Yeah, spe- oh. speaking of wanting to stick your head in a gas oven, you must have <laughs> been close to that point last week. Dude, Tampa Bay. That Miami game was. Or Miami, just, sorry, yeah. Miami. That made me. That that was a, a total kick in the balls. I couldn't. You know, when the Bears defense forced that turnover on the one yard line in OT, oh, I was yeah. like, "This is us. This is ours now." And then, of course, the old shanking kicks and for our listeners that didn't hear our uh, our podcast last week Andy was mentioning how undervalued the kickers are in this league and la- last week once again showed that you got to have a kicker who can nut it through when the pressure's on and Chicago's uh, you got a shankarella and that set the stage for Miami to come back and of course get that uh, last second victory here we are. I'm out of my third Pro Bowl. We're talking about our idiot kicker who got liquored up and ran his mouth off. So what has the sports world come to? We're talking about idiot kickers. He has ruined kickers for life. It did. It, it hurt. And what was weird, too, was uh, the Bears, they just didn't play. Uh, that was the first game that their defense really didn't show up the way they have. They didn't get much of a pass rush uh, on Tannehill last week at all. Oh, it was in Tannehill, remember? It was Brock Osweiler. Pardon me. Yeah, Brock, even better. We should have got a, a pass rush on that guy. And uh, nope, uh, couldn't get to the quarterback. And as a result, uh, Miami had their way with them. That's, and you know what, though? As a Bears fan, it's kind of nice because every time, like when Miami beats Chicago in the regular season, uh, Chicago goes to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it happened in 85. <laughs> yeah, it, seriously, it happened in 85. They in lost, 2004. Right? The, they led to or was it was in 2006. Or no, yeah, you're right. It was Either way, yeah, yeah, right? So there you have it. Lost to Miami. That means my Bears might be heading to the Super Bowl this year. But anyway, I do digress. Chicago, two and a half point underdogs at home in Soldier Field and the visiting New England Patriots coming to town. I think what we should be asking is what color jerseys are they going to be wearing this week? Are they going to be orange? <laughs> I, I, I never really thought about that, man. Uh, what a what a football team's wearing isn't really my concern. Well, no, they they put on the orange jerseys last week in Miami because it was ninety degrees out, yeah. as opposed to their dark ones. But that didn't help. Yeah, um, you know what? We see Tom Brady in prime time. Well, I maybe not often enough because he's so brilliant. But the Pats have actually won sixteen of their last nineteen road games. We talk about how how well they play it. Foxborough slash Gillette Stadium, but but we mentioned earlier about how pathetic that defense is. So you've got you've got a prolific offense in New England and a prolific defense in Chicago, and then quite the opposite on other sides of the ball. So which one's going to prevail? And I'm going to say let's go with the home team underdog here. I uh, you know New England's had a well kind of a shorter week to work with, not not a huge discrepancy but even though we know bill belichick can 
rip apart a, a new and inexperienced quarterback, I got a feeling that the linebackers of Chicago are going to be coming to play on Sunday, and they're going to give Brady a, a big taste of Bears football. Well, when you've seen New England lose, especially in big games like a Super Bowl, it's because they got to the quarterback. You got to get to Tom Brady. If he has time, it doesn't matter. He will pick you apart. So the Bears pass rush, their linebackers, DNs, they, they better be coming to play and they better get uh, some pressure on number 12 or else it's going to be a long day for the Bears. I do think that Trubisky has found a little magic in the, uh, in the Bears offense. I don't know if it's uh, you know here to stay. I'm still waiting for a little bit larger of a sample size because as a Bears fan, I'm just not used to a Bears team putting up more than 10 points a game on offense. So this is new territory for me. Well, maybe uh, Nagy can figure out how to get Jordan Howard the ball more than five times a game. Well, he fumbled on the goal line last game, and he hasn't had that great a game this year. And I know a lot of people are clamoring for uh, Howard to get the ball. Uh, you know, I want to see that guy get some good production too. But with the way Tariq Cohen's playing, uh, both as a receiver out of the back, well, most yeah, but most of his re- production, yeah, but most of his production has come on receiving yards, which is fine. Oh no, but, but he and, and outside the tackle, he's man. he's he's banging out. Uh, I can't remember. He was about fifty yards, uh, a little over that outside the tackles as well as a running running back. It's mostly Jordan Howard goes between the tackles. Yeah, well, I'm taking the Bears. I like that. Everybody else that listens to this podcast knows I always think the Bears are going to win by 80 points, so I'd listen to Andy on this one. Stop Bears. Stop Bears. Uh, hey, Maddie. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Hey, man. Did you know that a cow has only a 1 in 17,420,000 chance of becoming an NFL football that is used in the Super Bowl? And how do they choose that cow? Is it a draw between all of the Bills Mafia's wives and sisters? hi <laughs> uh, That's too much to choose from, dude. Speaking of the Bills Mafia, uh, Buffalo is traveling into Indy this week at Lucas Oil Stadium. And uh, Indy, seven and a half point favorites against the Bills. The Bills have uh, covered the last couple weeks. And with the way Indy's playing, seven and a half points... That sounds a little high to me. It does until you re- remind yourself who's going to be starting under center for the Bills. Oh, yes. The Nathan Peterman experiment continues. Oh, actually, it will not be Peterman, my friend. Oh, is it uh, the third De- stringer? It's Derek Anderson. Anderson. Yes, I heard they brought him in last week. So let's see. That guy's had, what, 10 days to study the playbook, and which still makes him better than Nathan Peterson. Peterman, rather. His, right, last, his last big season or his last decent season was what, six, seven years ago? Uh, if that, yeah. I, I, it doesn't matter to me as long as it's uh, as long as Josh Allen is out, which he's absolutely 100% been ruled out. I'm going with the Colts. I know it's a big number, but they play well at home, and they're coming off a loss, an embarrassing loss. Look for them to rebound. Yeah, I'm not going to say much other than I, I agree with you. Uh, the seven and a half points at home might be a problem if Josh Allen was there, but unfortunately for Buffalo, they're literally going to have to win this one on defense if they want to. And, uh, you know, with Andrew Luck and the way he can move the ball downfield, uh, they've been in a couple tight high scoring games this year. And I don't think Buffalo can keep pace with that kind of offense. I'm going with the Colts as well. B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S. 
Down to Tampa Bay, uh, where they are laying three points at home against the visiting Cleveland Browns, who seem to lose a little bit of their mojo last week. And uh, as I'm seeing right now, actually, this line has moved to three and a half points for Tampa Bay. Yeah, it started at three and a half, took down to three with some juice on the favorite, now back up to three and a half. I, who knows where it's going to go from there. Obviously, a lot of people are on the Cleveland Express. And that would be logically who I would go with in a spot like this, especially at three and a half. But I think Tampa Bay kind of resurges here. And I think that they have a decent, a decent showing against Cleveland. I don't know why. I'm they seem, this well, they it, seem to find their stride last week offensively, uh, finally with Jameis Winston at the helm. Well, um, they did. It, but the problem is their defense is still horrible. It is still horrible. <laughs> and I don't, it's as horrible as it is. I don't think, Cleveland has the offensive weapons to do too much. I just, no, I uh, I normally don't like the hook, but um, I Cleveland on the road, like Chris, when was the last time they went on the road? 2015? Yeah. So, yeah, I know they keep games close and like to cover, but not win. Not this week. Let's go Bucks. To Vice City, USA, Miami, where uh, they're playing the Detroit Lions and uh, Miami three-point favorites at home. Well, that game, this game has been off the board for a while because we didn't know exactly who was starting. Uh, it looks like it's going to be uh, Mr. Osweiler again for the second week in this month. I think this, I think down in Miami they're calling this Brocktoberfest. And he beat your Bears. But you know why? The Bears didn't plan one snap in practice for Brock Osweiler. It was all for Tannehill. So, mm, Detroit's had a week to, to dial it up. Now, obviously, Detroit loses games they should win and wins games that they should probably lose. Like, for example, the Patriots. But I do actually trust them on the road here. And the reason why is that they've actually found the running game with on Johnson. Yeah. That's not a luxury that Matthew Stafford is used to having. He's and if you can rely it. on this, he's never had it. And now that you can rely on this guy, you know, to get 80, 90 yards a game on the, on, on the ground, opens up so much more in the passing game for Golden Tate to get open. Um, they're using their tight end well. I just, I don't know, as long as their defense plays half decently, and I know it's going to be hot in Miami and, the, you know, these guys playing inside Ford Field aren't really used to that, especially playing in the uh, NFC North division. But I like Detroit here. Uh, you know, coming off a bye week, extra time to prepare. You know, the Miami game went into overtime, and that was almost a full period of overtime as well. So they're not going to be as rested. I just like the spot here for Detroit. <laughs> Here we 
you walk through the garden, you better watch your back. Now we move to Charm City, where the uh, Baltimore Ravens, the surging Baltimore Ravens, are two and a half point favorites at home against the visiting New Orleans Saints. And what do you think of this, Andy? Well, Baltimore racked up 11 sacks against Marcus Mariota last week. That's incredible. That's, that's just one off the league record for a game. That's unreal. They have they have the best defense, I believe, in the entire NFL. And they're going against the best offense in the NFC, I believe. Now, Baltimore's won six of the last seven at home. They always play well there. I got a, I got an interesting stat for you there, Matty. Go ahead, buddy. Drew Brees has beaten 30 teams in the NFL. Guess which one team he's never had a win against? It's not Baltimore, is it? It is Baltimore. I was going to say the Houston Oilers, but that would be unfair. <laughs> it is the Baltimore Ravens. And I just think that this is one of those games where defense is going to dictate the victor. So you feel that Baltimore can... It's, you know, this kills me because every time I'm about to swing to Baltimore... Joe Flacco remembers he's Joe Flacco. You yeah. Know what I mean? Because I do. He, I do. He, he does this every year. He has some great games where you're like, oh, look at that. He, he might be, you know, learning how to play quarterback. And then the next game that you bet on them, they just crap the bed. Well, it's not a matter of remembering to play quarterback or not. He's either got this Jay Cutler, I don't care look in his face, or yeah. he's got this Peyton Manning, I need to win at all costs look in his face. So you can tell before the game even starts just by looking at him. So definitely, uh, I'm staying away from this game. Well, I would watch. I would watch the pregame to see if he's got that Peyton Manning look or that Jay Cutler look. And it, for your own interest, if you want to know if he's really got that Jay Cutler look, look for him having a cigarette on the sidelines. That's a that's a telltale sign right there. Smoking Joe Flacco. Washington Redskins, go fuck yourself. Sure, we'd be happy to take your money. Yep, just go to our Kickstarter page. Okay, nice idiot. Uh-huh, fuck you. Bye-bye. The professional football team from Washington coming off a big win last week face NFC East rival Dallas Cowboys. This is in Washington. Washington laying one and a half points. But uh, did Dallas find their offense last week? Uh, they found their offense, but as the beneficiary of many three and outs and a couple turnovers on Jacksonville's part um, and a very poor performance from the Jacksonville defense. So I, I think this was less of a Dallas win than it was a Jacksonville loss. I wouldn't read too much into it. Now Washington won their game and their opponents outscored them by almost two yards per play. Uh, there used to be a time where in the state of Texas and in the district of Columbia, there was legislation saying that every one of these games had to have the home team favored by a field goal. And why this one isn't, I'm not sure. Uh, Dallas is a different team on the road. I know it seems like the last couple of games, they found their legs, finding ways to win. Boom, they're averaging 13 points on the road this year. They're just a different team. And Washington, my gosh, like Alex Smith completed over 20, I think it was 21 passes, 21 of 35, and for a total net yardage of about a buck 85. That's pathetic. But they're, they're, they're operating the clock. They're making sure they get the time of possession in their favor. Uh, I'm, I'm just going with the home team on this one. 
Yeah, I'm with you. The professional football team from Washington, uh, they look a lot more consistent this year. I would consider going with them uh, more of a safe bet. Dallas, um, much like Carolina, you never know which team's going to show up week to week. And uh, the defense we saw last week might have just been a product of facing Blake Bortles, who once again is not an elite quarterback. Uh, they are facing an elite quarterback, or at least a little bit better than average with Alex Smith this week. Um, I, I got to say, it's got to be the Washington uh, professional football team. How long do you think it'll be late in the second quarter before we see the first big boneheaded play by uh, Jason Garrett? Oh, if he waits that long. I'm still yeah. waiting for Jerry Jones to put that guy out of his misery. Hey, Maddie, did you know that the last scoreless NFL game was in 1943 when the Detroit Lions and the New York football giants battled it out for a 0-0 tie? You think we might see that one here? Yeah, baby! <laughs> well, I'll guarantee you we're not going to see one, and that's the next game. Yeah, in San Francisco, and your Niners unfortunately have to play host to the L.A. Rams, a big powerhouse in the NFC. And as a result, San Francisco is uh, underdogs at home by nine and a half points. And I know we like home dogs, but I'm not sure I like them in this point. Well, the sure money is seeming to be on the 49ers. This line was as high as ten and a half earlier in the week, and it's been ticking down. And I think that's not because the public is on the side of the 49ers. If everyone thinks one thing, then I say bet the other way. Everyone knows what the Rams are about. They can they can run the ball. They can pass the ball. Their defense gets a little bit more credit that I think is due because they give up quite a few points on average per game. They do. And we saw San Fran's capability of throwing up 30 points, um, and that was on the road in Lambeau. Now they're at home. Yeah, they figured out that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Lambeau, they, their defense in Green Bay isn't what it once was. No, that's true. But. Uh, C.J. Bathard has figured out that Marquise Goodwin is actually a good target to go downfield because he can run faster than everyone else there. Yeah, give a guy a chance. Just give him a chance. You got two touchdowns, and yeah, just throw it up. Don't underthrow him, and you're good to go. And Matt Burita was putting on a clinic on the ground in between the tackles. Um, to me, this just adds up to a, an easy cover at home with a big spread. Uh, maybe not that easy because we know what the Rams are about, but this is a divisional game, man. And one of two things happens after a loss like that in Green Bay. Either a team rallies and they become stronger because of it, or they just literally throw in the towel on the season. And I don't think Kyle Shanahan's going to let them do the latter. On to Arrowhead Stadium, where the Kansas City Chiefs, coming off a tough loss to the New England Patriots uh, Sunday night, they're uh, in against the Cincinnati Bengals, who they can't string two games together either. Uh, KC, six-point favorites at home. Uh, do you th which Bengals team shows up this week? Not the one that played against Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh, I don't believe. I think that they, they made too many mistakes. They're Again, they're a Jekyll and Hyde team. They're consistently inconsistent. Because they lost decisively to the Steelers, I think this is a bounce-back game for them. Now, let me qualify this. KC, is, they're not an ATM machine. They're an ATS machine, as in against the spread. In six games so far, they've only failed to cover the spread once, and that was because I think it was a push. 
And at Arrowhead, Arrowhead has one of the highest home field advantages, I believe, as it relates to the line than many other stadiums do. But if this, I don't know, if this game was in Cincy, Cincy would probably be, it'd probably be close to a pick'em. So I don't think being in Casey's warrants six points here. And, you know, if Patrick Mahomes just can't keep throwing up 40 points every game. As great as he's looked, that's just not uh, sustainable. You have and seen look, Cincinnati's defense, haven't you? Yeah, but they got perfect back now. And Joe Mixon seems to be fully healthy. I uh, there's just a lot of things that uh, I think are going to go right for the Bengals this week. Um, the games that they've lost have been fluky ones, with the exception of last week. I, for me, this is I'm, a matter of which Kansas City defense shows up. Well, we've I only mean, seen the one, one that we saw. Well, no, the one that we saw last week against New England. If they show up, Cincinnati will probably cover this spread. However, if we see the KC defense that we saw the week before, holding teams off the board, creating turnovers, uh, a six-point spread at Arrowhead Stadium, that's not, that's not impossible for a guy like Mahomes in the way they're charging this year. All right. Not that I'm going to compare Marvin Lewis to Bill Belichick, but my God, you're, when you're watching that Patriots game and Tyreek Hill is just streaking down the field, wide open the entire game. Hey, maybe we put a guy on him. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I think the Bengals are going to figure it out. Maybe you put two guys on him, right? <laughs> and take that dimension away. Because I don't know how many all-purpose yards that kid had, but it was over 200. And yeah, but if you put two on him, then you've got uh, Kareem Hunt out of the backfield and numerous other weapons. Uh, Kelsey at uh, tight end is tearing it up this year. He's like one of the best in the league now. Yeah, he. I think he's statistically the best tight end. Uh, nah. This may seem counterintuitive, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my Bengals prediction here. Right on. So there you have it. Andy's going Cincy on the road. I think I'm gonna take KC at Arrowhead minus six. All right, all of Andy's friends are coming over Monday night, and they're going to watch the Atlanta Falcons uh, play host to the New York Giants. Atlanta, four-and-a-half-point favorites, and uh, this is the battle of the uh, pylons on defense and uh, the aged Eli Manning on offense. Man, that last week's game on Thursday night was difficult to watch if you're an Eli Manning fan. Oh, that was. guy couldn't do a thing. He's just... Can't get the ball downfield. And he's got all the weapons. We all know about Odell Beckham Jr. Chris, they should put him under center. We've already seen him throw a touchdown pass. If we this didn't year. know about Odell Beckham Jr., I'm sure he'd tell us. <laughs> uh, well, actually, you know what? Uh, Mr. Mara, the owner of the Giants, came out this week publicly and said that Odell Beckham Jr. has to do less talking in the press and more playing on the field. And he's 100% accurate. And that was a gentle way of saying. Shut the hell up and and play and earn your money that I'm paying you. Now, Saquon Barkley, although I don't agree with the choice of taking him in the first round because they clearly need a quarterback more than they do a running back. But that kid put on a clinic over 200 yards 
uh, all purpose. Oh, he's proved why he's the num why he was the number one overall pick last year. Yeah. That's for sure. He's proving it every week. So the only thing that needs to happen here for the Jets to cover the Giants rather to cover a four and a half point spread, even on the road against like Atlanta. Let's keep in mind Atlanta's got three Pro Bowlers on defense that are out due to injury. And we know that Matt Ryan can play. We know that they've got the weapons on the outside. We know that they've got a credible running game. But that defense is just so horrific that I think the Giants can rip into it if all it takes is Eli to have an average game, even a slightly below average game. You just can't totally cramp the bet every time he lines up under center. If you just get it to one of the few uh, wide receivers out in the open in the slot – Something, just get something downfield and, and good things will happen. And then Saquon Barkley will take care of the backfield all by himself. So I don't know if they're going to scheme things a little differently. I would expect they would after their performance last time. Uh, but whatever they throw up is going to be way too much for Atlanta's defense to handle. I, I expect to see a high-scoring game here. Uh, but I think that at the end of the day, the Giants are going to cover four and a half. They, and they typically well, play well on the road. You've been smoking entirely too much weed. Are you fucking kidding me? That's your pick. That's my pick. Yeah, no way, buddy. If this is a shootout, which is going to be because neither of these teams have a defense either, there's no way Eli Manning wins a shootout in Atlanta with Matt Ryan. Matty Ice comes in there. He puts up points every week. He gets jobbed by his defense a lot, but not against the New York Giants. No way in hell. I'm going to pick the Atlanta Falcons at home covering the four and a half. All right. Well, good for you. I'm very proud of you, Matty. The reason that bad things happen to you is because you're a dumbass. Please hang up and try again. Right on to a segment we like to call Andy's Total Prop Tease. This is where Andy makes a recommendation on a point total, a proposition bet, and finally a teaser. And we invite our listeners to do the same thing on our Facebook fan page. A successful total prop tease is any combo that hits two out of the three, and Andy has been on fire this year. So, Mr. Prognosticator, take out your Swami hat. Give us your Week 7 thoughts. Yeah, well, admittedly so. Last week, Week 6, was the first one that wasn't successful. Um, thank you, Tennessee Titans, for not scoring at all. Um, but anyway, here's what we got this week. So for the total... I like the New Orleans Saints and the Baltimore Ravens to go over the mark of 49 and a half. We all know what Drew Brees can do, but when Flacco gets it going, he can throw up some big numbers as well. So that's the total for the day. My prop bet's fairly straightforward. It takes place in London, England, and that is for at the end of the first half for the Chargers at a minus seven and a half. And that actually plays a plus 160. I'm looking for them to get going early, and Tennessee's still reeling from their last two or last two games, eight quarters straight, no touchdowns. And finally, my teaser will be the Colts, teasing them down to minus one and a half, and couple that with the New Orleans Saints up to plus eight and a half. Both those games going through the two key numbers of three and seven. And once again, total Baltimore-New Orleans to go over. Prop bet, Chargers at minus seven and a half on the first half at plus 160. And the teaser, tease the Colts down to one and a half, and the Saints up to plus eight and a half. And thank you to all our fans for listening to Episode 7 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all Week 7 games across the NFL. Please submit your questions to almostwiseguys at gmail.com or to our Facebook page. 
from the Costa Nostra studios for Andy, the prognosticator Attridge back at almost wise guys central. I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Yeah.
Don't criticize 